takes it. It's worth dying for, for the greatest country that this world has ever seen. All right, what's going on, America? And uh, happy Halloween, I guess. It is a Monday edition of the show, and it just so happens to fall on Halloween. (laughs) Uh, I'm here in my basement by myself without Zach because, man, I tell you what, spiritual warfare is real. And and I truly, truly, truly believe that. Like... (laughs) It just seems like the more and more we turn our directions and our focus and our platform and our ability to reach millions of people, we start turning that focus more and more and more to Christ. It just seems like more and more and more things just start happening and attacking. And, and, and it's, it's crazy how oftentimes, right when you're on the verge of a breakthrough or right when you're on the verge of, of giving your platform and giving God your yes, it's amazing how much stuff just comes your way. Either way, long story short, um, I'm here at the house uh, because one of my kids is sick again um, with, are you ready for this? Actually, I'm going to tell you because I am just, uh, this is actually, this is going to sound really weird. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> this is what he's sick with. And I know that sounds terrible. My son, Gunner, has the flu. <laughs> He has the flu and, and it was just, it was so, the only reason we took him to the doctor is because he's been around a bunch of kids that have had strep, right? So strep's very contagious, but strep is also bacterial. And if you don't take your kids to the doctor for strep, it can get really, really, really bad. So, you know, we wanted to take him to the doctor, make sure he didn't have strep, blah, 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 blah. We are very like not like, like I don't like the doctor. So I stay away from the doctor as much as humanly possible. Um, anyway, but you know, straps, you know, you don't mess around with that. So we took him to the doctor this morning. Uh, I'm like, he doesn't have COVID. Uh, we had COVID back in September. He doesn't have COVID. And, uh, they're like, well, do you want to do a flu test? Just to make sure I was like, sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you're already swabbing him. You might as well go ahead and do it. So he goes back negative for strep and then comes back positive for the flu. And it's amazing to me that, that it was such a weird reaction. Poor Gunner. I mean, he's sick, right? It's like got a, a, a 101, 102 or whatever. Um, but it was such a weird reaction for me where we're sitting in the doctor's office and they say positive for influenza type A. And I was just sitting there going, oh, are we are we finally admitting that the flu exists again? Are we finally, are we finally there? Is this finally, are we back to reality that the flu is a real thing? Um, and apparently the answer is yes. And so anyway, as unfortunate as it is, uh, Gunner has the flu on Halloween, which, you know, is unfortunate, but he will be fine as always. And it just was an interesting thing that we're finally back to people can have the flu again. And, and, and it, it almost feels like things are getting back to normal. All right. So uh, today is Halloween. So I figure what we'll talk about is we have to talk about the gigant, gigantic uh, tectonic plate shifting event that is Elon Musk um, taking over Twitter officially. We have to touch base on that. I'm going to touch base on this Paul Pelosi thing. Uh, and then since it's Halloween, I, I think, you know, I'll do my top five 
horror movies of all time because yes, I'm a Christian, but yes, I also like scary movies. So uh, this should be a fun little episode. We're going to talk about uh, all of those things. But before we do any of that stuff, we got to get into a sponsor. All right. With the consumer price index increasing yet again, the stock market has been in absolute turmoil. What's our illustrious leader doing to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families, you ask? Oh, yeah. He's spending more money. Listen, don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. Do something about it. All you have to do is text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M to the number 989898. Birch Gold will send you a 20-page free information kit on how you can diversify your savings, your 401k, or your IRAs into precious metals. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text Graham to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands, I repeat, thousands of satisfied customers. All you have to do is text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 now. All right, so since it is Halloween, um, let's break this down. Uh, I'm going to attempt to do my top five horror movies and or horror franchises of all time. Um, I'm interested. Those of you, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com, write me. Do you like horror movies? Do you agree with my top five? Do you disagree with my top five? I'll be very interested to know. And yes, I am hopped up on espresso black rifle coffee right now. So if I'm speaking fast, it's been a long night. My kid's been sick. I'm hopped up on caffeine. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I have made it very aware to you guys over the years um, that uh, I love scary movies. I do. I always have. Ever since I was a kid, um, I realized that some people can't handle scary movies, even though you're adults. I, I, I don't get it. Um, I guess maybe it's being in this business with filming and all this stuff and knowing what goes on in the background to make movies and all this other kind of mess. I've always had the ability to compartmentalize and realize that these people that, you know, brutally die in these scenes uh, in horror movies, they're not actually dead. In fact, they're on, you know, given interviews right now because it's all fake, right? And and, and I really love uh, Netflix has got a, a uh, I think it's called the Movies That Made Us TV show where they show how these major movies were made. And so they did one on like Halloween and Freddy Krueger and all this other kind of stuff. And so it was cool. So before we talk about the serious stuff, I thought since it is Halloween, I mean, I might as well give you my top five of all time. Now, this is literally on the spot. My number one, I don't even have to think about it, but but literally, this is on the spot stuff. So top five horror movies or horror franchises of all time. Here we go. All right. Coming in at number five, um, I like this new trend uh, that people were doing where they take like scary stories and they take like three or four of them and they make it into a movie. Uh, so there's this movie called trick or treat. If you haven't seen it, uh, if you like scary movies, I highly recommend it. If you're one of those Christians that are like, Oh, that's letting the devil in your home and you can't watch that. Then you probably shouldn't watch it. Um, you know, I mean, it like, 
like Red Riding Hood is one of the stories. So that's actually pretty good. And then in that same vein, it's like uh, scary stories to tell in the dark or whatever. Very same premise uh, kind of stuff. Uh, I'll go that for number five. Those that genre franchise, I guess, if you will, of telling the stories. Uh, number four for me is probably going to be very uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be very divisive. All right. And this is probably going to show my age. Number four for me is the Blair Witch Project. Um, <laughs> and I know some of you are sitting there going, what? But to me, it's all about context is everything. What the Blair Witch Project did when it came out. I mean, it scared the mess out of everybody, right? I mean, it just did because it was the first movie to do like the first person view type shooting. Um, if you watch how they make the movie, I mean, it's just fascinating. Like they literally had these three actors hold the cameras themselves. Uh, they were out in the woods for like a month and they literally made them sleep out in the woods and they would tell them, Hey, we're not going to tell you when, but at some point, some really scary stuff is going to happen to you guys and you guys just have to react to it. I mean, I mean, it is absolutely insane to think about uh, when you think about that kind of stuff. And so, you know, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a genre creating transformative movie. And so, yeah, it's in my top four. Number three, uh, number three. Oh goodness. <sighs> number three, I'm gonna have a tie. Okay. I, I'm going to go, uh, Freddie and Jason in number three. I, I don't think you can talk about horror movies or scary movies without talking about Freddie and Jason. Neither one are my favorites by any regard, but they were so, like I said, revolutionary genre creating things. I, I just think that you, you just have to throw those two in there in the same category. Uh, number two is, <laughs> in the West Craven vein is the scream franchises. I love the scream franchises because it is a make fun of itself type deal. I think it just is genius. Again, a revolutionary late nineties, early to even now, uh, you know, they, they've got scream six coming out. It just, it transformed the slasher genre again. And then number one, if you have not figured this out or you knew from the very beginning is Halloween. Uh, it is Halloween. Halloween is my favorite scary movie of all time. The, the whole franchise, even the crappy ones. I, 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 I am a big Halloween guy. And again, like I highly recommend, even if you don't like scary movies, you should go on Netflix and you should watch the movies that made us and watch how they made the Halloween movie. It was a B, like B-rated movie. Like it was like a, a no, zero budget, nothing movie. These the the crew invented things because they they had no money. They invented technology that is now used in every movie today. Um, Zach would probably be able to tell you. I wish he was here. But either way, like and and they were so broke. And this is the most amazing thing about the very first Halloween movie. They were so broke. There's no blood in the movie at all. It, and, and that's shocking to most people when they think about it. They're like, Halloween, oh yeah, that's brutal. It's blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. There's not a drop of blood in the movie. Like when he stabs people, you don't see nothing. Uh, it is, they were so broke that they had to come up with this idea on how to make people use their own imaginations. 
So it's a lot of darkness, a lot of, you know, you got to kind of think what's going on in your mind. Uh, and I, I believe that's why it became the sensation that it was. And now they've made 12, uh, 15 movies now. And, you know, they say that Halloween ends is the final one. I don't believe that for five seconds. As long as people will go see Halloween, they will figure out a way to keep bringing Michael Myers back. Either way, that is my top five Halloweens uh, or, or scary movies for Halloween. Uh, if you agree, let me know. If you disagree, let me know. Uh, either way, uh, that's my Halloween edition. But we got some serious stuff to get into. And uh, let's talk about Elon Musk. All right. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that canceled One American News. AT&T, your company owns CNN and T-Mobile. Your CEO advised Democrats on how to beat Donald Trump. Stop giving money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk. I'm a Pure Talk customer. Here's what I like. Same network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes, so actually, it really is a no brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist politics. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to save 50% off your first month. Again, that's puretalk.com, promo code Graham, and make the switch to Pure Talk today. It is official. Elon Musk is now the CEO of Twitter, and he immediately took action. He fired every single top tier executive. A lot of people are now trying to say that it was to avoid having to pay. I think it was a $122 million payout. A lot of people are saying it's to avoid this $122 million payout, which very well may be true. But at the same time, uh, and yes, this is the most Christian way I know how to say this. These were free speech, America hating, just dictators behind a computer screen. And I feel no sympathy for these people and they absolutely deserve to be fired. And I'm glad that they were fired because they were a threat against American democracy very much. Well, I don't even like that word. They were a threat against our constitutional Republic by attacking our first amendment rights on a daily basis. And so I feel no pity for them. I feel no sympathy. In my opinion, they got what they deserved and it was about time. Freedom is not free. And if Elon Musk does what he says he's going to do, and yes, I said if, it's still yet to be seen. As of right this moment, nothing has actually happened on Twitter. As of right this moment, Elon Musk has not reinstated every banned person's account. They, you still can't just go on there and spew a bunch of hatred. Uh, there's still a lot of bot companies that are still doing a lot of things like LeBron James made a tweet talking about the uptick of the N word uh, since Elon Musk took over. And then Elon Musk team said it was actually about 300 accounts that sent out 50,000 tweets between the 300 accounts and all 300 of them were bots. They, 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 they were bot fake accounts and they've all been banned. So there's obviously still, there's a lot of work to do on Twitter. 
a lot. Um, I've heard that Elon Musk, I know that it's been taken from publicly traded company to a privately traded company or to a not traded at all to a private company. I've heard that Elon Musk is floating around a couple of different ideas to where Twitter can like no longer be free. And with it no longer being free, if you pay for it in any kind of way from ranging anywhere for, I mean, this is already a thing. Uh, Those of us that are verified people, we already pay for what's called Twitter blue. Uh, It's like $4.99 a month. That's how you can edit your tweets. That's how you can, you know, before you send a tweet, it gives you like 30 seconds to look back over and it's like, are you sure you want to send this tweet? I mean, there's just a lot of things that you can do. I mean, so the vast majority of blue checkmark people are already paying for Twitter. And uh, Elon Musk has floated around a couple of different ideas from $5 to $20 a month. And then it kind of allows you an opportunity to pay for what version of Twitter do you actually want? Um, maturity ratings, uh, depending on how old you are versus what you want to see, what you want to hear, et cetera. There's a lot going on. He's forming a content moderation council or something, I guess. And they will be a group of people from, as he says, all different viewpoints uh, of which I've had communication back and forth with Elon saying you need to have creators in this spot too. And I don't know who those creators need to be. I'm not saying it needs to be me. I'm not saying, you know, any of that I'm saying, but you need to have someone who is a creator there as well. Honestly, you need to have a comedian on there. And I know that this sounds ridiculous, but comedy has been dead on social media platforms for a long time. You need to have somebody that can tell the difference between serious and satirical. I I mean, these are real things. You need to have content creators on there that can be a voice for content creators, uh, along with Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians. I mean, you need to have all this kind of stuff because this is what I've learned about Twitter. A lot of the issues with Twitter is coming from the American side because the American side is the freedom side and the freedom side does not like what is going on with Twitter. You don't hear people in China complaining about Twitter because China owns the people of China and the people of China do whatever they're told to do. This is a predominantly American battle, American fight, American argument. Uh, And I see a lot of people saying, well, if Twitter starts to cost money to use it, I'm not doing it. I'm kissing it goodbye. I would challenge you to rethink that thought process. If $4 a month is something that gives you access to hundreds of millions of users, to opinions, to articles, to research, to data, to information that is not censored, that is not swayed one way, I would, I would challenge you to rethink that position. I, I think it's very, I, I think that's a very reasonable thing to ask. In fact, uh, Elon Musk should just buy Facebook too, because Facebook is fixing to become MySpace. Facebook, for people that are my age, all the way up to, you know, late 50s, early 60s. Facebook is like the thing. Well, Mark Zuckerberg is tanking Facebook into the ground. January of 21, uh, literally like 10 months ago, okay, Facebook was valued over a trillion dollars. Facebook has lost $700 billion. Their shares are down 63, 64%. 
since January of last year because Facebook has abandoned all things that made Facebook Facebook. They're doubling down into this metaverse, this virtual reality garbage uh, that's not the real world, and they are forgetting what makes Facebook actually Facebook. Facebook was a video consuming platform where people got information, they got articles, they got videos from people that they trusted, news sources, commentators, etc. And then in that, Facebook made money via content views of where advertisers could pay to have their ads put in there. That's how Facebook made money. That's how these companies made money. That's how content creators made money. And it made the ecosystem work. Well, Facebook has abandoned that. Facebook has abandoned freedom of speech. Facebook has abandoned the consumption of information. In fact, there's a literal ban right now. So from now until the end of the elections, you cannot run ads of any kind which is insane to me. But either way, I digress. If $4.99 a month gives you access to a platform with hundreds of millions of users that it is not swayed either way, why would you not, why, why would you, why would you not want to contribute as a citizen 50 bucks a year? (laughs) Like, like that's what it equates to $50 a year. Why would you not want to do that? You know, I mean, I even hate to say it like this, even if it's 20 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, $240 a year, a year. Why would you not in the, in today's culture, in today's society of where we are, why would you not want to have that information? Why would you not want the ability to be able to speak what is going on in your area, the the ability to ask questions, the ability to operate in the top, in the in the public square. Why would you not want the ability to do that? So for everybody saying that if Elon Musk does that, I'm out of here. I would challenge you to rethink that because I don't think that's the right thing. Look, guys, here's the truth: the world that we knew in social media, it's over. It's over. It's never, ever, ever coming back. I'm not certain that Facebook is still going to be here five years from now. I think they're headed down the road of MySpace. I really do. I think they're going to become gone. I mean, Elon Musk is now even talking about bringing Vine back. Like, I think that everything is changing. And if you are those type of people that refuse to change to be able to consume information Uh, consume freedom of speech and also have and give freedom of speech, then what are you actually doing? What are you actually contributing? And so again, I would challenge you to rethink that stance. As far as what does the future hold, I think this was a major win in the battle for free speech. It's yet to be determined if it's going to turn out the way that we all want it to. And to be clear, I don't think that, 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 that Twitter should become just a place where people can just literally just throw out like death threats and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, yes, there has to be some level of moderation. However, uh, you know, I would say that's like 2% out of the 98% or 2% out of the 100% of speech that's out there is, is speech that actually violates anyone's, you know, type of thing, you know, threats of violence. Uh, things like that. And so free speech is to protect someone you don't like ability to be able to say something that you don't like. And so I think, I think there's a long road to go. I think there's 
obviously a good hope of optimism here. To say that this isn't a win, I think is is ridiculous. I think this is a major win. I think it can be considered a major win. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks and months because this isn't going to be something that just happens overnight. I've seen President Trump say that he is uh, going to stay on Truth Social. Again, Mr. President and all of the people that are in Trump world that listen to this show, again, I I beg of you guys to rethink that stance. I do not think that that is smart. I, I just don't. We've got elect midterm elections coming up, which I do not believe in any world Trump's account gets turned back on uh, until after the elections. Uh, in January, his ban on Facebook is supposed to be lifted. So I do think that there is a world where President Trump's social media has come back on all platforms. And to not go to those hundreds of millions of Americans that are on those platforms to have the America first talking points, et cetera, to have those said across the board. I don't think that's smart. I just don't. I don't think it's smart. I think that, uh, Mr. President, respectfully, I really think that you need to rethink that. Again, that's just my personal opinion, but I really think you need to rethink it. And, and, and if the opportunity comes for you to get back on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the above, I think that you need to do it, sir, respectfully. Uh, because the people need to hear what you have to say, because if they can't hear what you have to say, then they can't figure out which way they want to go and how they want to vote. When it comes time to turn, you guys realize that November 8th is the elections. And the next episode, we're going to talk about why Christians especially should be paying attention to these elections. But November 8th is the elections on November 9th. Everything shifts to 2024. And then the entire world, not just Americans, the entire world is going to be paying attention to who is going to run in the presidential elections in 2024. I think it's vital. I think it's, I think it's absolutely vital for as much information to get there as possible. I've talked too long. We don't have time to talk about the Paul Pelosi thing. Actually, you know what? No, actually, we, we will. We'll touch on it super quick. I have not made a big public statement about the Paul Pelosi attacks. Uh, the husband of Nancy Pelosi, the current Speaker of the House, a horribly wretched woman. I mean, she just is. Let me say this before I say my little piece to end this episode. I do not condone violence in this regard. I don't know what happened. What I don't like is the president, Joe Biden, and other people saying that this is a um, a direct result of MAGA Republicans' dangerous and violent rhetoric. No, 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 it's not. Um, at, at, at the minimal, it is the rapid rise of crime in the California area, especially in Nancy Pelosi's district, uh, because of the defund the police movement. Uh, 6,000%, I think I read somewhere across the entire United States, is a rise in violent crime because of this anti-police rhetoric that comes straight from the Democrats. I will say this. There's a couple things that are weird to me, and if you aren't asking these questions, I don't know what to say to any of you. A, why has there been no release of any pictures of Paul Pelosi? That's weird to me. Literally, Marco Rubio had a door knocker for his campaign, get the ever-living you-know-what beat out of him, and they literally released photos of him 
being loaded into the ambulance just jacked up. So the fact that no pictures of Paul Pelosi in any regard have been released, that's weird to me. Uh, Two, Nancy Pelosi, it took her like two days to get to California to see her husband in the hospital. That's weird. Three, uh, we have leaked audio of the police audio talking about it where Paul Pelosi says that he doesn't know the person. And then he says that he does know the person. His name is David and he's a friend. Um, And also he snuck into the bathroom to make this call. And then other reports, and I, I haven't verified this one yet, but other reports are saying that there was another person at the home that opened the door to let the cops in. There's reports coming out that both the attacker and Paul Pelosi were in their underwear together. I, I don't know. This whole thing is weird. Where is the police footage? Where is the where is the body cam footage? Uh, the Pelosi's have security cameras across their entire home. Where is the security footage? All of these things are very like, duh things, right? Like I don't understand why none of that is is being done. The only thing we have is a statement from Nancy Pelosi. We have no pictures. We have no video surveillance. We have no body cam footage. We have no nothing. All of this is very, very, very strange. Now, if it comes out that the body cam footage is released and security camera footage is released and this was straight up an attack or whatever, I will be the first one. And I already said, I do not condone violence. I don't care if this was politically motivated. I don't care if this was some weird I don't know, situation that turned violent. I don't care. I don't condone violence across the board. What I don't like is the automatic turn that this was MAGA Republicans who just, it's, this, is, this is Trump and MAGA Republicans' fault. No, I have a problem with that because we don't even know the real facts. And the facts that this was a just break into the home, some dude beat Paul Pelosi with a hammer and was looking for the speaker of the house, the facts that we currently have don't seem to add up to that. So for that, I have an issue with, and for that, I think that we need to wait to find out the truth of what happens. If we ever do is going to be very interesting. And those are my current thoughts about that. That's all we have for this episode. I hope this uh, encouraged you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this gave you some facts and some information that you may not have had. Make sure to do me a favor. Help us in the polls. I need you to send this episode to five friends, and I need you to tell them about this show and get them to subscribe. Hit that little plus button at the top. Make sure you're downloading the episode. Make sure to leave us a review. Make sure to leave us five stars. It helps us in the polls. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you all again next time.